Good morning. The book of Ecclesiastes in the Hebrew Bible has one of the most well-known verses of Scripture in the entire Old Testament. From Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, the writer proclaims, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Now, if you just throw in the phrase, turn, 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 That Bible verse, of course, becomes a very famous pop song from the 1960s, actually written by Pete Seeger a whole decade before that, and then turned into a hit in 1965 by the band The Birds, complete with that wonderful twangy, ringing 12-string guitar of Roger McGuinn. To everything, turn, 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 there is a season, turn, 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 and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to laugh, a time to weep. Leaving out just a few small parts of the first four verses of that chapter in Ecclesiastes, both Pete Seeger and the birds get this set of scripture verses pretty close to perfect in both of their songs. For me, those verses from the Bible over the last year and a half, along with their sung incantation by the birds, has come to my mind on more than a few occasions. For everything, there must be a season. We will all certainly be praying hard, I think, for the rest of our lives that we never have to live through a season of pandemic again. But that's just it. Seasons, as we know, always ebb and flow through time, don't they? Each year, here in our beautiful part of the country, we have our own seasons of weather and of plant and animal life and the temperatures of the ocean and the seasons of our schools and our sports and our activities. And of course, every year, for those of us who are blessed to live so close to the Atlantic coastline, we have that dreaded hurricane season which just kicked off this past week. But beyond those seasons of earth and weather, the book of Ecclesiastes is also correctly addressing the seasons we live out in our lives and in our existence. We all have the seasons that follow our aging, and some of them ebb and flow and dissipate and then return, just like the four seasons of the earth. We are born into a wintry spring, which will turn into the glorious summer, which later moves into our fall as we get older and then finally arrives in the winter at the end of our lives. But I know that all of us, regardless of our age, have also occasionally felt the different seasons of life return and switch out for a period of time. Maybe you are older, but you've had those moments of revisiting and reliving a piece of your youth or younger years. Maybe it's a new love that's come into your life. Maybe it's a sudden burst of energy or creativity you didn't expect. Or maybe it's a new career or a new hobby that restores your energy and your vitality. And of course, there are certainly those who are younger and yet in the height of their springtime or summer, very suddenly because of health or sudden changes in their life or just a physical longing for something else, move very quickly into their autumn or winter for a time or sometimes permanently. 
with all the maturity and the certainty of ending, which winter will one day bring to all of us. That's just a little of what I found myself thinking about quite often this past year, and especially over these last few months. Here at the church, we've suddenly been making up for lots of funerals that we were blessed not to have during the past year of pandemic when at times our church was closed. It seemed to me, at least from here at All Saints, that while death was certainly moving all around us through the virus or through the usual violence and discord of our city, our nation, and our world, it didn't seem to hit our parish, thanks be to God, that directly back in 2020. Yes, we certainly had deaths in the parish, and we had some private funerals we had inside the church, and quite a few graveside services. But thanks be to God, 2020 was a fairly low year of parish deaths or funerals at All Saints. In fact, it was the lowest year of parish deaths in my eight years as your rector. But again, as the writer of Ecclesiastes always declares, to everything there is a season. And to me, it seems that particular season has finally returned during the spring and early summer of 2021. Over the past month in particular, we've had two major funerals for longtime parishioners. And with the death just this past weekend of Kathleen Fallbush and with the death of the father of another parishioner a week or so before that, we are quite certain to have at least two more funerals here inside the church before this month of June finishes. In addition to here at All Saints, I personally have another funeral I will be helping to preside over in Western North Carolina in just two weekends, followed by the funeral I have offered to assist with across the river at St. Mark's in Ortega for Father Barnum McCarty, who died at the age of 91 last Sunday. Barnum was a constant and encouraging presence for me at St. Mark's while I was the associate rector there now a little over 10 years ago. That will bring me, believe it or not, to at least one or two funerals a week during this upcoming month of June alone. Again, to everything, right, there is a season. But the season of death and burial, not just for a priest, but really for all of us, can be particularly tough and a hard season for us to move through. Just this weekend, I was asked if being present when someone physically died wasn't the hardest and worst part of my job. I can certainly say that it isn't the easiest part, especially when it's someone that whether you wanted to or not, you spent a whole lot of time with and that you know you will miss. But honestly, as hard as and as tough as it certainly can be for me, I have come to count that particular moment as a tremendous blessing to be the representative of God's divine love to offer the final prayers and anointing, the forgiveness, the blessing, and the commendation for my Christian sister and brother at the moment of their passing. To stand on this side of the veil, if you will, and invite the soul to depart and cross over to the other side of eternity. To enter into the presence of our God and Creator and to see again all those souls that have waited for so long for that blessed person's arrival. That is beyond an honor I can put into words for you. And it is a blessing for me as a priest. The seasons of this life all have their highs and their lows, but 
As a Christian, brothers and sisters, this has all helped for me to fully believe that the lows that we experience in death are only a transition into a high that is greater than any of the highs that life itself can offer for us on this plane. It's why I've dedicated a good bit of my ministry, you might have noticed over the last three or four years, to the important ancient Christian devotion of memento mori, the call to always be mindful and always remember that you will die one day. And to not just remember it like the Stoics who call on us to drink now for tomorrow we will die, but to hold tight to it from our Christian faith, which reminds us that we must prepare our souls. We must work out our spirits to give ourselves more to Jesus because we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life that leads us through death and beyond it to eternal life. That, my friends, I tell you right now, is the only thing that ensures I can go through these seasons of deaths and funerals and still be able to stand with you and preach the good news of Jesus Christ, which God has called me to do. This morning in the second reading we heard from chapter 4 of St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, we find within it that same hope and faith, I believe, that can sustain us in the toughest of seasons we will all face time and time again in our lives and in the lives of those we love. St. Paul says this, just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with Scripture, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us into his presence. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what can be seen, but what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands that is eternal in the heavens. I don't know about you, but for me, this message without question if we put it in our hearts and faiths, is incredibly powerful and transformative. Let's break down what it is proclaiming to all of us who are believers and followers of Jesus. Paul is proclaiming that we already know for certain that the one who raised Jesus from the grave will raise us also and will bring us fully into his presence. Therefore, death, as frightening as it is, has no dominion over us, as Paul writes in his letter to the Romans as well. And Jesus himself lays it out in his own words in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 40, which we often hear read at our own funeral services, when Jesus says, This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. That, my friends, is nothing short of Willy Wonka's golden ticket. And if we all just grab a hold of it, if we all just carry it with us, it's free. We don't have to find it. It's already there for us. 
It can change how we ourselves see and live everything throughout our life in the present until we arrive at that final season that brings with it death. And not just for us, but for everyone we encounter. Because as St. Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians, we then never must lose heart in the face of death. For even though this outer nature, this body, this shell which continues and contains within us our heart and our soul and continues to waste away through time, through our faith in our spiritual lives, the inner nature within it is being renewed every single day. Yes, as we age, the body that carries us declines. But our wisdom and our knowledge and our understanding and our spiritual discipleship and development only gets stronger and stronger if we work at it. And it renews itself over and over again. In that respect, as the great 21st century Franciscan mystic and writer Richard Rohr has already declared, we may all be falling, but if we work hard and put our faith in the love of God, brothers and sisters, we are all falling upwards. For as St. Paul says, this slight momentary affliction, this bodily decline, if we can cling to Christ and believe, is only preparing us for an eternal weight of glory that is beyond measure. The reading this morning concludes by declaring that as followers of Christ, we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house already made, not with hands, but that is eternal in the heavens. That means that this earthly tent we reside in now, when it is destroyed by death through our belief and faith, already has a place to go to, already has a place waiting for our soul to be in the full presence of God. Brothers and sisters, this is our Christian promise. This is the goal. Yes, your faith should make you live better in your life right now, but more important than that, it should be preparing you for where you're going to. This is what we're working on as the body of Christ in the church, and it's what we cling to day by day within the temple that God has given all of us in this body that contains within it the heart, and within the heart is the presence of God. This promise and this hope is why the paintings of the saints, if you look them up from before the Middle Ages into the last century, always had a skull somewhere present in direct view of the saint of God. Because it is why neither the church nor saints have ever turned away from staring death directly in the face without fear and without worry. It is why I can stand side by side with my dear friends and pray with them as their body gives way and death takes them away momentarily. And it is why none of us ever have to lose heart in the ebb and flow of the seasons that bring about death and loss for us. Because we as disciples of Christ, as believers in God, as those who receive God's love daily through the Holy Spirit, know that death will never win in the end. Christ has already overturned it. And those of us who are baptized and marked as Christ's own forever have that same promise, that incredible life-changing news that is the gospel and the good news of our faith. Yes, to everything there is a season and a time and a purpose for everything under heaven. But we look not at what can be seen, but what cannot be seen. 
For what can be seen we know is temporary, but what cannot be seen is what is eternal. Thanks be to God. Amen.